Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Carolyn Johnson. And I'm Michael Brown. And we begin here at 4 with breaking news on just how bad the pandemic is hitting theme parks and their workers. Disney plans to lay off 28,000 workers, both here at Disneyland in Anaheim and at Walt Disney World in Florida. Now, the parks chairman announced the layoffs just about an hour ago in a letter to cast members saying the impacts of COVID-19 were too great. This decision also is going to hurt small businesses near Disneyland. Disneyland has been closed for six months. Disney World reopened back in July. Well, Disney's chairman shared this with employees. As heartbreaking as it is to take this action, this is the only feasible option we have in light of the prolonged impact of COVID-19 on our business, including limited capacity due to physical distancing requirements and the continued uncertainty regarding the duration of the pandemic. We'll have more on the layoffs and the impact coming up at 5. And now to the heat. It's certainly hot out there. It's unhealthy and also increasing our fire danger. So we have several reporters covering this for you this afternoon. NBC4's Gordon Tucumato is in Canyon Country speaking with people concerned about all of this. The concern is greatest in neighborhoods where homes and hillsides exist together. Today we visited Canyon Country on the eastern flank of the Santa Clarita Valley alongside the 14 freeway. This is where Peter Corey's convenience store, Bill's Place, stood next to Sierra Highway since the 1950s. He remembers October of last year vividly. It was very bad, it was very scary. On October 24th, the tick fire broke out in the hills west of here. Over the course of seven days, it scorched more than 4,000 acres, destroying 22 buildings. Peter evacuated along with 40,000 residents. When he left, he had no idea if his store would even be here when he returned. Today, temperatures in nearby Valencia had soared into triple digits by noon, making many residents and business owners prepare for the worst while hoping for the best. Always, always, every single year, actually, the fires. So what are the chances this will happen again on a day like this? Well, if you ask the people who live and work here, they'll tell you it's inevitable because there's so much left to burn. There's definitely going to be another fire. You think so? Yeah. Amber Neely works across the street from Bill's place. She couldn't get to her job for four days during the tick event a year ago, so any fire will get her attention. Because yesterday there was um, Acton, and then there was over here in Bouquet. We were there for those fires Monday afternoon. Santa Ana's pushing a 10-acre brusher toward a home on a hill in Acton. Then just hours later, a much bigger fire threatening homes just a few miles south. So it's like, oh crap, how close is it going to get? What I can do. I have no choice. It's just the way it is now in places the fire department calls wildland urban interfaces. And the concern is real almost year round. In Canyon Country, Gordon Tokumatsu, NBC4 News. And of course, dealing with the heat in the middle of a pandemic is challenging, especially in L.A. County, where movie theaters and malls are still closed. NBC4's Christine Kim live in North Hollywood for us. Christine. Carolyn, we're at Laurel Grove Park, and I got to tell you, there's not a lot of people outside. I count maybe one or two, so many in this area opting to stay indoors. Others are searching for cooler options as we face a heat wave here in the valley. Even with a blistering sun overhead. Yes, to go outside. You'll find a lunch rush in the outdoor patio restaurant Salsa and Beer. I'm shocked. I even have a wait right now. People are having a 30-minute wait waiting to eat out here, even though it's really hot. 
but it helps if you have shade and I'm water. With a heat advisory in effect in the valley through tonight and hot tubs expected through the week, water is a word of the day at Moon Valley Nurseries in North Hollywood. General Manager Leonard Marin says the reality is, with an outdoor seven and a half acre nursery, they have to keep a close eye on sensitive plants like avocado trees that don't do well when it gets too hot. But they have a system in place to keep thousands of their trees and plants hydrated and his staff too. My concern is my guys that we're out there planting. We want to make sure they're healthy. Uh, so hydration, hydration, hydration is super important. Before the peak of the heat, we saw people get in their runs early in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Cooling centers are open throughout the county. This one in Glendale at Griffith Manor Park, providing a place to cool off during the hottest time of the day. There are COVID-19 precautions in place with social distancing and face coverings required. And remember, these are temperatures that can cause heat-related illnesses, so make sure you drink plenty of fluids, avoid the sun, and check up on your elderly neighbors and relatives. Live in North Hollywood, I'm Christine Kim, NBC4 News. On a live look across Southern California, these high temperatures are going to be around for a few days. Meteorologist David Baker is tracking it all in your first alert forecast. Hey, David. And Michael, check out the temperatures outside right now. It is really warm out there, especially across the inland locations. 105 degrees right now around Van Nuys, 104 in Ontario, 103 in Riverside, 104 degrees around San Bernardino, 102 in Hemet, 93 degrees right now in downtown LA, 95 degrees in Anaheim, and 79 degrees currently around LAX. Most of these temperatures are warmer than yesterday by about 5 to 10 degrees is, is what we are expecting. Now for tomorrow, the inland spots will be warming up maybe about a degree or so or just kind of even out, but it will be the big warm-up that we're expecting along the coastal areas and, in fact, into the basin as well. Here's a great example of this. This is Anaheim. So for today, we were around 68 degrees at 9 o'clock this morning. By noon, we were around 90 degrees, 95 by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But look at tomorrow, 80 by 9 o'clock, 98 degrees by noon, and then above 100 degrees by 3 o'clock. So we'll see the biggest warm-up likely around the coastal areas and the basin as we start to see the offshore winds kind of continue around the region. Reason why, here's a shot from San Pedro. You are not seeing any cloud cover off in the distance. The offshore winds, which will lead to another breezy morning for tomorrow across the wind-prone spots, has managed to take away all of that marine layer. So the marine layer, rather than cooling us off, we're going to be warming up for tomorrow across parts of the region, and the fire danger will remain elevated. I'll show you how long this heat's going to last in a couple of minutes. Back to you. All right, David. Well, deadly fires raging out of control in Northern California. In fact, there are more than 18,000 firefighters battling 27 major fires in the state right now. The glass fire in California's wine country started burning early Sunday morning. So far, it scorched more than 42,000 acres with no containment. At least 80 homes have been destroyed, and more than 68,000 people have been evacuated in Sonoma County. Guess it's the new normal, and we pay a big price to be here in California, don't we? I've lived in Sonoma County my entire life. I'm 31, and up until three years ago, this has never happened. And then the last three years, it's been pretty much like clockwork. The entire city of Calistoga population, just over 5,300, is under mandatory evacuation orders. And farther north, the Zog fire burning southwest of Redding exploded overnight, burning more than 40,000 acres. The Shasta County Sheriff confirmed at least three people have died in this fire. Nearly 150 homes have been destroyed, and that fire continues to threaten more than 1,500 structures. The extreme heat and fire danger will last through this week. You can download our NBCLA app to get weather alerts directly to your phone, and when there's breaking news, you will know immediately.
We are just hours away from the first presidential debate. President Trump and Joe Biden going head-to-head -head in Cleveland here tonight. Issues sure to dominate tonight. The economy, the pandemic, the Supreme Court, and, of course, new revelations about the president's tax returns. Here's a live look at the final preparations over at Case Western Reserve University. NBC4's Conan Nolan live in our newsroom with more on what we can expect here tonight. Conan. Hello, Michael. Well, I tell you, it's rare that an incumbent president comes into a debate as the underdog, but that's the case with President Donald Trump. So as they prepare for this debate tonight, you can prepare for the president for to swing for the fences. Call it the clamor in Cleveland, the battle in the Buckeye State. Two septuagenarians, the oldest ever to occupy or seek the nation's highest office, going face-to-face, -face, or as close as a six-foot social distance will allow. Among the issues, the 206,000 American lives lost in a global pandemic, which has flattened the U.S. economy. Expect Joe Biden to attack the president's response to COVID-19. I, I think he's failed and why I think the answers I have to proceed will help the American people. Bet on President Trump, who trails in nearly every major national poll and in many key battleground states, to go on the offensive with the hope of getting Biden flustered. There's just something wrong with Joe. He's off. The former vice president will no doubt seek to contrast his blue-collar ties to Scranton, Pennsylvania, to the president's Park Avenue lifestyle. Mr. Biden, hours ago, releasing his 2019 tax returns, showing he paid nearly $300,000 in federal income tax. This while the New York Times reports the president, who claims to be a billionaire, paid little to no federal income tax for most of the last two decades, largely because his business empire lost more money than it made. The president says he's entitled like everyone else, to take advantage of tax loopholes. It's ridiculous. My father's paid tens of millions of taxes. Super Bowl-like ratings are expected for a debate that may be less about convincing voters on whom to support than to confirm their already formed opinions of the two. While others have decided not to wait, early voting underway in a number of states, with an estimated one million voters having already cast a ballot. Now, remember, this is the first of three debates that have been scheduled, but most political operatives say that the first 45 minutes of the first debate is the most crucial. I'm Conan Nolan, NBC4 News. All right, so pop that popcorn. All right, Conan, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, the debate starts at 6 o'clock tonight right here on NBC4. Join Lester Holt, Savannah Guthrie, Chuck Todd, and Andrea Mitchell for insight and some analysis. Well, the president's Supreme Court nominee met with several senators today on Capitol Hill. Federal Judge Amy Coney Barrett met with Vice President Mike Pence, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and several other Republicans today. Supreme Court nominees typically meet individual, individually with senators as part of the confirmation process. Some Democrats, though, say they will not meet with Barrett. The confirmation is expected to wrap up by the end of the month. New information on a pursuit and shooting in San Bernardino County that left one man dead and a deputy injured. Deputies tell us it started with an attempted traffic stop in Victorville last night, but that driver just took off. When the vehicle became disabled, all five people inside of that car took off running. The sheriff's department says one of them had a handgun. The deputy shot him. That man died at the scene. The four other people were released. The deputy suffered a hand injury, but the department did not specify how.
Well, the man caught attacking an officer inside LAPD's Harbor Division station is now facing attempted murder charges. Grainy surveillance video captured on Saturday shows the attacker tussling with an officer on the ground there. Now, police say that man repeatedly hit the officer with his own gun, even pulling the trigger at one point, but he was blocked by the safety switch. Chief Michael Moore says this incident is part of a troubling trend in violence against officers. number of assault with deadly weapon charges against or instances by uh, by individuals against officers. We've seen a 156 156 percent increase this year to date. And coming up on the NBC4 News at 5, Chief Moore tells our I-team about another dangerously close call for a different officer the same day of the attack at the Harbor Division station. Well, the woman accused of trying to kidnap Joe Montana's grandchild from a home in Malibu. Now we're hearing from that woman's defense attorney. And one step closer to getting students back in the classroom in L.A. County, which grades could soon return in person and who will get priority. Transforming the way you travel, the new system that could test you for coronavirus while you're still in the terminal. We'll be right back. You asked, how do I save money on my home loan? Intelloan offers a 15-year fixed at 2.19% rate in APR. Call Intelloan at 800-918-9200. Intelloan, borrow smart. I spent 50 years in the music business. I've got stories I can't repeat. <laughs> taken just days after a Palmdale brew pub threatened to take the county to court. Now, card parlors were also through, approved to open outdoors, although that may be difficult on a breezy day. And again, not yet permission for nail salons to move indoors or indoor malls to reopen. And the county is also yet to give its okay for the reopening of playgrounds in L.A. County. Reporting live, Patrick Healy, NBC4 News. All right, so more to come, Patrick. Thank you. Looking live right now from a Griffith Observatory, meteorologist David Bigger is back with another look at your first alert forecast. And David, the temperatures, well, they're getting hotter. Yeah, the temperatures will be getting hotter for tomorrow, Michael, especially along the coastal locations and the basin. Inland spots, maybe a degree or two warmer, or even with today, which is already pretty hot. The reason why it's going to be warming up along the coast and the basin is because of what you're seeing here on satellite. This is a six-hour loop, and you see how quickly the marine layer just disappears, and now it's essentially stuck right around the Channel Islands. It's not even able to get by them, and so that's pretty much what we're going to be looking at for tomorrow morning is no marine layer to start off, no overcast skies, and even if we get a little bit of an onshore breeze for tomorrow just not a lot of cool air to bring inland. So let's talk about that wind for tomorrow. We're going to start Futurecast right around 9 o'clock tonight. Winds are all relatively light, but we still have a general offshore pattern here. You can see that around Valencia and into Malibu. Now, as we go into the morning hours for Wednesday, we'll see another little round of this offshore breeze during the morning hours. This is 9 o'clock in the morning. You do see a couple of these little patches of yellow here along some of the ridge tops around some of the valleys of Ventura County and into L.A. County. And so we are going to be watching not only those wind-prone areas, but also South Tacoma Pass to the Inland Empire for maybe a little bit of an offshore breeze, but it all should be relatively light. Now, as we go through the rest of the day, the winds will get lighter across the region. We may see a little touch of an onshore breeze, but again, there's just not a lot of cool air for that to tap into. But as we get into Thursday morning, it's another round of offshore winds, this time a little bit stronger around Ventura and L.A. County as well as the Inland Empire. And so as long as we have these offshore winds, we're just not going to have the marine layer sitting along the coastline, and temperatures are going to stay warm, and, L and fire danger is going to remain elevated. So for tomorrow, should be very similar inland to what we had today.
today. That's temperatures in the upper 90s across the high desert. We're looking at the upper 70s to the area mountains. Now, the IE, as I mentioned, similar to today, maybe a degree warmer in a few spots, around 105 degrees in Riverside, 105 in Corona, 105 in Ontario, 104 in San Bernardino, 104 degrees around Lake Elsinore. Here's what it looks like for Orange County. Notice how now we're starting to warm up a lot more. This is because we're losing that marine influence. Coastal temperatures mid to upper 80s, possibly getting close to the 90s. Inland temperatures all above 100 degrees with 100 in Irvine, 102 in Anaheim. You'll even notice the warm up along the Ventura County coastal areas. Barely got into the 70s today around Oxnard. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at temperatures in the mid 80s. 86 degrees, 94 degrees around Camarillo, 98 degrees in Santa Paula. So you'll really notice this warm up along the coastal areas. But the inland spots just stay hot. Well, we're still looking at 102 in Simi Valley, 106 in Northridge. Pretty much the same temperature for tomorrow in Van Nuys, 105 degrees. And around the basin, similar forecast. Inland spots very similar to today. A little bit warmer through some of the basins. So downtown LA around 98 degrees. And then much warmer along the coastal areas with temperatures in the upper 80s to the low 90s. Now, how long is this going to last? It looks like we have the offshore winds through at least Thursday morning, possibly a little bit for Friday as well. That's why the heat sticks around in the mid to upper 90s for the basin all the way through that Friday time frame. For the coastal areas, though, we'll start to see the temperatures cool a little bit getting into the weekend. And we may even get a little hint of low clouds as the weather system passes by early next week, and that might bring temperatures down as well. But right now, the entire seven-day forecast is above average for this time of year. Look at the valley heat and the Inland Empire heat. Temperatures are above 105 degrees pretty much across parts of our inland spots for tomorrow and for Thursday. We barely get below that, but we're still above 100 for Friday, still above 100 for Saturday, and then we'll start cooling off a little bit more into the rest of the week. And finally, here's your high desert forecast. Next couple of days, upper 90s to low 100s, so it stays warm all the way through the end of the week. We do look like we'll see some cooling starting next week. That's a look at the forecast. Back over to you. All right, David, thank you. So is it allergies or maybe a sign of COVID? How to tell which is which? Welcome to the fourth industrial revolution, a revolution driven by data and applications, IoT and artificial intelligence. There's one company born to enable it. Lumen, the platform for amazing things. This election, all Californians will be able to vote safely from home. Every active registered voter will receive a vote-by-mail ballot with a unique barcode. You can track it using Where's My Ballot, and you'll receive automatic notifications by text, email, or voice call to let you know the status of your ballot once you mail it, drop it off at your polling place, or at a drop box. Vote-by-mail ballots. Simple, safe, secure, counted. Learn more at vote.ca.gov. It only takes a second to look down at a text. But in that amount of time, you've already traveled this far without looking, which could be a problem for you and them. So the Hyundai Elantra can read your text messages out loud, keeping your eyes where it matters most. The Elantra by Hyundai, with more top safety awards than Honda or Toyota brands. Now lease an Elantra for $139 a month, or get 0% APR for 60 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Only at your SoCal Hyundai dealer. You're an important part of Los Angeles County. Right now, COVID is hurting us. We need as many resources as possible to rebuild our community. Filling out the 2020 census gives us the power to influence billions of dollars that go to healthcare, schools, childcare, affordable housing, and our roads for the next 10 years. But not enough people are filling out their census forms. That means we lose billions of funding. We desperately need you help everyone when you complete the census. Fill out your 2020 census today. If you have the 
I won't agitate you. And you go through artificial tears in the blink of an eye. Or your eyes feel like they're getting kicked in the backside. It might be time to discover another treatment option for thyroid agitate, also known as TED. To learn more, visit treatted.com. That's treatted.com. While people everywhere stand up for justice, police unions and prison special interests are pushing Prop 20, a prison spending scam. 20 spends millions more on prisons while locking up teenagers for nonviolent offenses and ending effective rehabilitation programs. 20 reduces funds for what works, which could mean cuts to schools, mental health, and homeless services, and programs to help victims of crime. No on 20. It's millions more for prisons, millions less for what we need. Welcome to the fourth industrial revolution, a revolution driven by data and applications, IoT, and artificial intelligence. There's one company born to enable it. Lumen, a platform for amazing thinking. Let's take a look here. New video just into our newsroom. The woman who allegedly tried to kidnap Joe Montana's granddaughter is seen here being arrested over the weekend. Well, today she was charged and appeared in court where her plea came with an apology. That's 39-year-old Sanskrit Dancel there in the green mask, peeking around her attorney as the judge denies his request to reduce his client's bail. Violent attempt to kidnap a child. That's what's alleged here. And at $200,000. The charges, attempted kidnapping and burglary. Today, all we did was enter a plea of not guilty. Still, attorney Allende Jones says his client is sorry. She has told me over and over again she understands the harm she has caused. That harm, not easy for Joe Montana and his family to shake. Sazel is accused of breaking into a home in Malibu over the weekend, attempting to kidnap Montana's nine-month-old grandchild from a playpen. The legendary NFL quarterback and his wife confronted, then tussled with Sazel, finally prying the baby from her arms before she took off. This seems to be some type of incident that probably was onset by some type of depression or maybe drugs or something like that. A deeper dive into that will surely come during the preliminary hearing, a time when Jones will likely advocate for some type of counseling in lieu of jail time. Without proclaiming guilt or innocence, we will do our best to ensure that Ms. Dowsdale gets the help that she needs. Well, Jones argued his client has no previous criminal record, is employed, not a flight risk, will surrender her passport, has family in the area, in fact, is a mother herself, so the judge did not budge on her bail amount. She's back in court on October 20th. What a stunning decision in the Breonna Taylor case. What's expected to be released that's rarely revealed to the public? Frustration and disappointment why San Bernardino County isn't getting the green light for further reopenings. And we're going one-on-one -on -one with LAUSD's new police chief about her goals as she takes on this new role. You ask how do I save money on my home loan? Intelloan offers a 15-year fixed at 2.19% rate in APR. Call Intelloan at 800-918-9200. Intelloan, borrow smart. Big corporations opposing Prop 15 are using scare tactics so false a judge ordered them struck from the voter guide. But the following facts are not in dispute. Prop 15 closes big corporate tax loopholes, protects homeowners, and cuts small business taxes. But that's not all. By closing the loopholes, communities can invest in local schools, PPE for nurses, 
and our firefighters. Don't be deceived by big corporate scare tactics. Vote yes on 15. Sports are back, and the best place to catch all the action is at home. And Jerome's has what you need to upgrade your room to be the ultimate sports zone. Shop our huge selection of reclining furniture with features like premium leather, power recline, power headrest, wireless charging, and Bluetooth speakers. Reclining sofas for as low as $12 a month with our five-year no-money-down special financing. Upgrade in time for the game with Jerome's fast and free drop-off delivery. Only at Jerome's and Jerome's.com. I'm going to hold on promoting you this quarter. Drop the taco. Get in the car. Does this centric feel like a compromise to you? The handling is good, right? No compromise there. Watch this. and disappointment spreading across the San Bernardino County after being denied of another stage of reopening. Well, today, San Bernardino County was expecting a red tier upgrade, which would allow businesses and churches to reopen indoor activities. But as NBC4's Tony Shin reports, the county has stalled in the purple because of an uptick in COVID-19 cases. And you said this is pickup despite no indoor dining. They continue to pump out pizza at Graziano's, which has been serving Fontana residents for 20 years. And manager Josephine Stroger has been here since day one. We thank our customers for being loyal to us and keeping us float, but it's hard. Hard because Josephine says this restaurant relies heavily on indoor service, including an arcade for kids. Our game room is our money maker. Which is why the COVID-19 safety restrictions have had such a deep financial impact on Graziano's and all other businesses in San Bernardino County that depend on indoor activities. I have never seen it so bad. It's down at least 40%. Many business owners were hoping today the county would move into the less restrictive red tier so at least they could have limited indoor capacity at 25%. So, uh, unfortunately, we are very disappointed about this. Um... During the county supervisor's meeting this morning, public health officials announced that although the COVID-19 positivity rate had dipped below the state requirements, the case number rate had gone up from the week before. 
our case rate came in at 7.7. That's an adjusted case rate, which is above the seven to be able to move into the red tier. Some county supervisors say Governor Newsom's safer reopening plan is too tough, in part because counties have to test a certain number of people relative to its population size or get penalized with a stricter reopening formula. I'm not very frustrated to move along with the rest of the board members right now. Others are also frustrated, including customers who are tired of takeout. Yeah, we missed the experience of getting out and uh, sitting together in a restaurant. Now, in order to get upgraded to the red tier, counties must meet those state requirements for two weeks in a row. That means the soonest San Bernardino County could get upgraded would be October 13th. Tony Shin, NBC4 News. Well, hundreds of thousands of kids went back to the classroom in New York today to learn in person. Many principals objected to this, however. They say the city's complicated and changing plans put them in a staffing bind. Mayor Bill de Blasio said middle and high schoolers are set to return on Thursday. Kids wore masks, stood in a line six feet apart, and were screened before entering the building. House Democrats have introduced a $2.2 trillion COVID-19 relief bill, but it's likely to face major opposition in the Senate if it passes the House. The bill would provide a round of $1,200 in relief checks, reauthorize the small business lending program, bring back the $600 federal boost to the unemployment benefit through January, and provide assistance for the airline industry. Meanwhile, those working in the airline industry are bracing for massive layoffs. Roughly 40,000 airline workers will likely lose their jobs this week. Thousands of employees have been getting at least partial pay through grants and loans to the nation's airlines. And as a condition of the aid, companies had to agree not to lay off employees through September 30th. A new COVID-19 testing system is about to take off at major U.S. airports. NBC's Kerry Sanders shows us what that means for pandemic-weary passengers hoping to fly the friendly skies. As much as airlines have done to protect passengers, including white downs and mask mandates, airports still look empty because they mostly are. Nationwide passenger traffic down 68% year over year. But now U.S. first as Tampa International Airport hopes to win back passenger confidence with COVID testing right in the main terminal. The voluntary tests for passengers about to leave or who have just landed. Uh, Mary Jane? Mary Jane Matheny headed from Tampa to Utah, among the first to get the rapid antigen tests here. Results back in 15 minutes. Why did you decide to take the test? Well, I would like to know the results. You know, I'm all for the testing to find out if I'm exposing others. By the time Mary Jane was through TSA security, the nurse had called her with the results. Her test, negative. If a passenger tests positive before flying, they're told, don't get on the plane. And if they test positive after landing, everyone else on the plane is notified they may have been exposed. If a passenger tests positive after we notify the Department of Health, what we undertake is what's called contact tracing. We gotta try to get out of this hole. Anything we can do to get out of this hole safely is what we wanna do. Costs for the antigen test with 88% accuracy, $57. The more involved PCR test with 95% accuracy, $125. But those results are delayed for 48 hours. The tests are a passenger expense. They should do it free. I mean, it should be part of your, it should be part of your ticket price. I took the 15-minute test. Uncomfortable, but it didn't hurt. It's natural to cough. It's natural cost. <laughs> Other airports now watching what they're starting here as the nation's air travel industry remains in a tailspin.
Poseidus is expanding. United Airlines, October 15th, will begin offering these rapid tests to passengers traveling from San Francisco to Hawaii so they don't have to quarantine for two weeks when they land. Kerry Sanders, NBC News, Tampa. Workers at Dignity Community Hospital in San Bernardino rallied today, demanding safety for workers and patients during this pandemic. Small group of workers here picketed today as part of a statewide effort at Dignity Health Facilities. They want to work with management on better staffing and ensuring that workers have adequate PPE. Some workers say the hospital has been inconsistent when it comes to supplies. Well, it's been on and off. It hasn't been consistent. So sometimes we have enough, other times we don't. Um, I was just in talking to one of my coworkers saying that she had to bring her supplies from home to make sure that she had her area was clean. So that shouldn't happen. Now, the hospital says it is following CDC and state guidance to provide appropriate PPE for every staff member. Well, developing now, Kentucky's Attorney General will comply with the judge's ruling and release the, to the public tomorrow an audio recording of the grand jury in the Breonna Taylor case. That comes after a member of that grand jury filed suit asking for permission to speak publicly about the private proceedings. This morning, that grand juror's attorney said his client wants to make sure the truth gets out. Was there a key piece of evidence that was not presented that should have been presented? That's an excellent question. You should probably ask the Attorney General, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but that's part of what we're here for. These questions are not being answered right now. And one officer was charged with wanton endangerment for shots that went into Breonna Taylor's neighbor's unit. Taylor's family is now calling for a special prosecutor and a new grand jury to hear the case. Hi, everyone. I'm Colleen Williams in the newsroom. Next here at 5, we'll have more on the breaking news from Anaheim after Disney announces mass layoffs from its theme parks, plus an update on fire danger all across our area and how long this heat is going to last. And our I-Team uncovers a big increase in the number of attacks against police officers after a man allegedly tries to shoot an officer inside a police station. But those stories are much more when we see you at 5. Proposition 22, what will it actually do? Yes on 22 protects the ability of app-based drivers to keep their jobs as independent contractors. And 22 provides new benefits for drivers, including health care. Vote yes on Prop 22. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you. What if I told you that there's a pickup that offers up an EPA-estimated 33 miles per gallon highway? I'd say you're yanking my chain. Look to your left. Hey, check it out. It's the Chevy Silverado with the available Duramax diesel. 33, you said, huh? That's super impressive. Get $5,000 cash allowance on all 2020 Silverado 1500 crew cab pickups. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Prop 21 is good for California. Keep families in their homes. Vote yes. In this ad for Prop 21, this guy's not even a veteran. He's an actor trying to trick you, and it's sickening. Just like Prop 21, pretending to be something it isn't. California veterans oppose 21 because it makes the housing crisis worse with no plan to build affordable housing or help bring homeless vets off our streets. Stand with the men and women who actually wore our country's uniform. No on 21. Jackie, I'm looking at your MRI. Your shoulder seems to be healing nicely. Well, Dr. Farrell, it feels really good. That's good. And I'm sorry, baby, don't touch that. I don't want you to Twin, play with it. Twinkle little star. How I wonder what you are, up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. I'm so glad that your shoulder's feeling better, but how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Schedule a video visit.
visit your doctor and get quality care in the pocket. Kaiser Permanente, live. Get a call in the night and that was never really good. I looked up and went, the entire sky was on fire. I mean, it was apocalyptic. And at that moment, I knew I was never, I was never coming home. And I knew my life would just change forever. Prop 19 limits taxes on wildfire victims. It will definitely help fire victims rebuild their lives. Everybody's just trying to find their way home, and this would really allow families to do that. Well, apparently you're appreciated around here. I know, I was so impressed when I got my bonus check, but I got all this stuff. And these diamonds, they're real and so heavy. Did you not get a bonus check? No. Hey, um, there's been a mistake with payroll. It's not my fault. Ha! Sorry. Uh, don't worry, it won't happen again. We signed with Trinet to help us avoid these kind of mix-ups. Okay, but I'm like used to this lifestyle, so. Trinet, avoid errors. Get back to business. Proposition 22, what will it actually do? Yes on 22 protects the ability of app-based drivers to keep their jobs as independent contractors. And 22 provides new benefits for drivers, including health care. Vote yes on Prop 22. Local lawmakers are urging everyone to fill out the census as soon as possible. Assemblymember Miguel Santiago and L.A. City Council Member Gil Cedillo teamed up today with the L.A. Mayor's Office for a census drive in MacArthur Park. They also provided free COVID testing on site. The Census Bureau says it will start counting October 5th, despite a court order that it be extended until the end of the month. If coffee is your cup of tea, well, today is your day. That's because today is National Coffee Day, and we were out at Trejo's Coffee and Donuts in Hollywood, where they are celebrating by giving away a free 12-ounce cup of coffee when you buy a donut. Workers there say every day is coffee day. Uh, we love coffee here. As soon as we get here at 3 or 4 in the morning, we're brewing a cup for ourselves. So we know it fills everyone's lives. It makes the world go round, and we appreciate it so much. Drinking the product there for all of the deals being offered on National Coffee Day. Just go to our website, NBCLA.com, and search coffee. A new state law will crack down on how restaurant delivery apps operate, and we'll let you know how this change could save you money. That's coming up. Ahead for us on this presidential debate night, how Donald Trump and Joe Biden have been preparing for their showdown and the strategies they may employ tonight. Also, the world marks a million dead from COVID. We'll point to possible hope on the horizon when we see you here tonight. The American Nurses Association California strongly opposes 23 because it would force many dialysis clinics to shut down. Protect me and 80,000 other dialysis patients. Please vote no on Prop 23. Life's full of little accidents. And the Hyundai Tucson helps make sure they stay little. By alerting you if you drift out of your lane, and even gently correcting your steering. Because unlike your favorite shirt, you are irreplaceable. Hyundai, the longer you look, the more there is to like. Now lease a Tucson for $189 a month, or get 0% APR for 72 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Only at your SoCal Hyundai dealer. Farmer Boy's new half-pound bourbon bacon cheddar burger is here. Flame grilled beef and double smoked bacon with two slices of Tillamook cheddar slathered with the Scarecrow's own secret bourbon barbecue sauce. Our most wanted burger. What, no fries? 
Farmer boys, farm food ain't fast food. Some of Katie Porter in 30 seconds. Gotta go fast. Congress's only single mom. So in her house, yeah, Katie Porter's got rules. And in the people's house where Porter serves, she's got rules too. Never cheat taxpayers. No lying, no cover-ups. And anyone taking advantage of Orange County families, Katie Porter makes them pay. 30 seconds on Katie Porter. You just can't pack it all in. But big banks, drug companies, Washington liars, cheaters, and scam artists definitely should. I'm Katie Porter, and I approve this message. The care that helped you be the best you just got stronger. Healthcare Partners is now Optum. Our doctors are advancing a simple idea that your healthcare can be more personalized, more compassionate, and more convenient. Optum now cares for over 1.4 million patients in Southern California, and our commitment is more solid than ever. Healthcare Partners is now Optum. Healthcare made stronger. It's a terrible proposition. It's of no benefit to a dialysis patient. Prop 23 could shut down my clinic. It's a death sentence. Prop 23 could shut down my clinic. outside right now. A gorgeous view of Big Bear and meteorologist David Bigger is tracking your first alert forecast where the biggest warm-ups are going to happen tomorrow. David. Yeah, and Carolyn, it would be nice to be up in Big Bear right now with a temperature of 72 degrees. Here's a look at the current temperatures outside. We're going to talk a little bit about what changes we'll see for tomorrow, but I want you to kind of take in this map for a second. 93 degrees around downtown LA right now, 105 in Van Nuys, 104 in Ontario, 103 degrees in Riverside. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the 24-hour temperature change, just as a difference compared to this time yesterday. About 5 to 15 degrees warmer across most locations. However, I think for tomorrow, what we're going to be watching for is the biggest numbers on this map will likely be along the coastal areas and the basin. The inland spots likely seeing some small numbers. We'll probably see a lot of zeros and ones. Reason why is because we've lost the marine layer. That means anybody near the coastline will be much warmer than what we saw today. Although the inland spots may only warm up about a degree or so. Here's an example of a coastal, or at least closer to the coastal location. We have Camarillo here. For today, 64 degrees at 9 o'clock, 74 degrees at noon. We got up to 84 degrees by 3 o'clock this afternoon. Look at tomorrow. We start in the mid-70s. Look at noon, though. Already around 92 degrees, and we'll be right around 93 degrees as we head into the afternoon. So we've lost the marine layer around Camarillo. That's part of the reason why it'll be warmer. It's also because we'll still feel that offshore wind, and this time it looks like it'll actually get out to the coastal areas, and so that means that the coastlines will be much warmer for tomorrow. You can see right here the picture of San Pedro. We have no clouds off in the distance. Expect no low cloud cover to start off the morning for tomorrow. We'll start off with an offshore breeze around some of the valley locations and the Inland Empire, mainly in our wind-prone spots. Temperatures will be warm, talking about the upper 60s and low 70s, and then we'll be getting into a very hot afternoon. Expect the upper 90s, low 100s around the basin, low 100s across the inland spots and even the upper 80s expected along the coastline. Anthony will have additional details on how long this heat wave is going to last and how long the, the elevated fire danger will be sticking around, but I'll send it back over to you. Ahead of tonight's debate, here's a look at where the two candidates stand right now. First, the NBC News national polling average. And right now, former Vice President Joe Biden is ahead at 49.8%, with President Donald Trump trailing at 41.7%. We've rounded up the numbers here. Now, the polling average comes from the 10 most recently publicly released polls that NBC News deems reliable. And that's based on a polls methodology, past performance, 
and transparency. Let's take a look now at the key battleground states. And right now, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nevada, they are all leaning blue in favor of Biden. Arizona, we're going to put this one in yellow right now. Same for Iowa and Florida, because these states are still just too close to call. But Georgia, President Trump has the lead there right now. And when it comes to debate experience, well, President Trump, he has participated in 11 GOP primary debates and three presidential debates against Hillary Clinton, that of course in 2016. Joe Biden, he's taken part in a lot of primary debates, 24 of them in fact. You'll recall that he ran for president in 1988, 2008, and of course now. He has also participated in two vice presidential debates. Michael. All right, Carolyn, appreciate it. Thank you. Joining us now is our NBC4 political contributor, Dr. Anj Marie Hancock Alfaro. Thank you for being with us. Hi, nice to see you. All right, let's dive into this. Who has the most to lose tonight? Who has the most to gain? Well, I think, you know, there is certainly the case that uh, Donald Trump has the most to lose in the sense that he is the sitting president and he is the one um, on whom the, uh, Joe Biden is going to try and make a referendum. This is going to be an intentional, let's look at the past four years, what has Donald Trump done for us as Americans? All right, so what should voters specifically be looking for during tonight's debate? Well, there are going to be several different issues that are covered. Um, I think one of the things that we will be looking out for is whether or not Joe Biden will be able to effectively land a punch about Donald Trump's tax returns, which were just recently uh, released by the New York Times. How effective, though, are these debates uh, in changing the voters' mind? Because early voting has already started in some states. So is this really for just the entertainment value? Well, I think they are a long-standing tradition, certainly. And in the past, you know, you would actually have differences between people who listened to it on the radio versus people who listened, uh, looked at it on television in terms of who they thought the winners were. Um, but our country right now is really, really polarized, and there are very, very few un truly undecided voters left. Um, so this is really more about energizing your base. Let's talk about because you mentioned uh, taxes, uh, one topic to be brought up tonight. What other topics do you think we're going to we're going to see tonight? Well, certainly, uh, Chris Wallace, the moderator, has indicated he is going to ask questions about COVID-19, um, and of course, President Trump will have to defend his approach to how we're handling COVID-19. And also, there will be more general questions about the economy. So there are a couple of issues that um, certainly Americans are concerned about right now um, that. Uh, Chris Wallace is going to be asking both of the candidates about. All right, so uh, how heated do you see things getting tonight, and what should each candidate be doing to stay on the messaging track? Well, if there's anything that's reality TV about this, it is going to be watching to see whether or not both of these guys can actually hold their tempers. Um, certainly, we know that Trump has, you know, a reputation for getting angry, and we might forget that, you know, Joe Biden can lose his stock, too. So, you know, we want to make sure both of them have been counseled not to lose their top, um, and so there will be a bit of a race to see who loses it first. All right. What's the over-under on that? Any, any bets? <laughs> I think it's who speaks first. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Dr. Uh, Anjali Hancock, I know you'll be watching like a lot of us will be. Thanks for being with us this afternoon.
Thank you. All right, the debate starts at 6 o'clock right here on NBC. Join Lester Holt, Savannah Guthrie, Chuck Todd, and Andrew Mitchell for insight and, of course, some analysis. This will be must-see oh, TV. Yes. Well, a new state law will crack down on how restaurant delivery apps operate, and that could save you money. The I-Team first reported this issue after consumers complained that their meals were costing more than what the delivery app quoted. What you see on the screen isn't the real cost that you're going to pay. It's just the estimate. I said, excuse me. And the I-Team learned this happens because the delivery apps don't always have official partnerships with the restaurants listed on their platform. And that means the prices aren't always accurate. The new law, which kicks in next year, will require delivery apps to get a restaurant's written consent before delivering their food. All right, so the coronavirus pandemic is driving some Americans to drink. New data from the Rand Corporation shows that alcohol consumption has soared during the shutdown, especially among women. A national survey conducted this spring found the overall frequency of drinking was 19% higher than the same time last year. Now, women increased their heavy drinking episodes. That's four or more drinks within a couple of hours by 41%. Well, a classic game show is returning to NBC with an all-new host. Whose rap name could be Lil IQ? Jane Lynch may be best known for her portrayal of the intimidating coach on the show Glee. Now, the host of NBC's Hollywood Game Night will combine her game show warmth with the ice-cold insults of her most notorious character for this all-new version of The Weakest Link. have come up with somewhat of a persona for uh, hosting this show, and uh, it's, she's a little in between the nice me and Sue Sylvester from Glee. So there you have it. The Weakest Link premieres tonight at 8, right here on NBC. All right, coming up next year at 5, sad news for the happiest place on Earth, why Disney is laying off thousands of theme park employees. And she's charged with making sweeping reforms and running a police force during the pandemic. Up next, we're hearing from the interim L.A. school police chief as she takes the helm. Proposition 16 takes on discrimination. Some women make as little as 42% of what a man makes. Voting yes on Prop 16 helps us fix that. It's supported by leaders like Kamala Harris and opposed by those who have always opposed equality. We either fall from grace or we rise together. Proposition 16 provides equal opportunity, leveling the playing field for all of us. Vote yes on Prop 16. You ask. How to get a 2.19% fixed APR on my home loan. Call 800-918-9200. Info alone. Borrow smart. Nothing means more to our sit and sleep family than earning the trust of your family. So we're practicing social distancing and giving every customer a personal protector to lay on. So count on sit and sleep to provide a clean, safe shopping environment so you can get the deep sleep you need during these stressful times. Thousands of Californians dead. Schools and businesses closed. How do we help people in need? Well, according to millionaire congressman Mike Garcia, everyone should, should have to figure out how to fend for themselves. Everyone but millionaires and big drug company executives. See, Garcia backed a trillion dollar tax break for them while they supported Garcia with campaign contributions. What did working families get? Higher taxes. Millionaire Mike Garcia leading us to fend for ourselves. DCCC is responsible for the content of this episode. Do you have an open wound on your foot or lower leg? Do you have poor circulation and burning pain sometimes? Are you diabetic? 
there is a clinical trial evaluating a gene therapy in an investigational use to see if it helps wound healing of ischemic foot and lower leg ulcers. Qualified participants will receive all study-related care, including doctor visits, study medication, and financial compensation for time and travel. If you have an open foot or lower leg wound, call 213-218-6633. What happens when we break Prop 13 and raise property taxes $11 billion a year? Small businesses get saddled with big tax bills they can't pay. They're forced to cut jobs or pass on higher costs to consumers. That means we pay more for everything, like gas, food, utilities, and health care. And the cost of living in California gets even more expensive. Now is the wrong time to raise taxes on Californians. Vote no on Prop 15. Closed captioning is sponsored in part by your Southern California Ford dealers. From the powerful F-150 to the unstoppable Explorer, we have you covered. Go Ford Proud. It is still allergy season, and this year the symptoms can be similar to those of COVID-19. So how can you tell which is which? Well, take a look at this CDC graph. It outlines the overlapping symptoms of allergies and COVID that cause the most concern. They include cough, fatigue, headache, sore throat, shortness of breath, and congestion. Mild symptoms such as itchy eyes and sneezing could mean you're dealing with just allergies. If you start to feel a little bit more of those flu-like symptoms, like the body aches, chills, and anything that's close to 100.4 temperature or higher, I think you kind of make your own decision at that point as to we're facing more of a COVID or a flu-like ailment. You need to seek, uh, you need to seek attention. Stocking up on antihistamines can help during the fall allergy season, which typically lasts into October. But when in doubt, be sure to get a COVID-19 test. Well, for the first time and only on NBC4, we are hearing from the new interim L.A. school police chief. And for the first time, it's a woman behind the badge. Here's NBC4's John Kettys Cleveland. Yeah, I consider it an honor. After nearly 30 years with the L.A. School Police Department, Leslie Ramirez is the very first female to be named interim chief. And it comes as the department faces its biggest challenges. There's a lot to take in. Um, there's a lot to look at. Um, this is unprecedented. The department's budget was $77.5 million. That's 1% of L.A. Unified's total $7 billion operating budget. But in June of this year, school board members voted to cut the department's budget by $25 million. A move that so outraged the then chief of the department that he stepped down and Ramirez stepped in. What he signed up to come on for and where he wanted to go with the department um, changed drastically on June 30th. Now Ramirez is charged with making sweeping reforms. Some she worries could have a negative impact on the district and the safety of its students. Even while students are learning at home during the pandemic, the LASPD has been busy fighting crime on campuses that it says has led to the loss and damage of more than a million dollars. We've had 674 burglaries, vandalisms, and thefts to schools since March 2020, since we, in essence, shut down um, due to the COVID pandemic. Um, this is what our officers are addressing. In just the last week, the department says it's responded to eight break-ins. They caught two people in the act at this one at 116th Elementary School over the weekend. Taking electronics, computer equipment, and other audiovisual um, resources directly from our students. Um, they were found also to be in possession of a loaded handgun. Earlier this month, they responded to find bullet holes all over Mann Middle School. They found a gun in the grass in the perimeter of Canoga Park High School in August. They've defused multiple cases of adults on campus making threats, all proof, the chief says, that the department needs the limited funding it already gets from the district. What we're doing is we're saving resources for our students. We're protecting our schools, and we're minimizing um, the financial burdens. We reached out for comment from the school board, but did not hear back.
in downtown L.A. John Kennedy's Klimak, NBC4 News. Now at 5, we begin with this breaking news. Disney announces mass layoffs at its theme parks. 28,000 workers will soon be looking for a new job. Good evening, everyone. I'm Colleen Williams. And I'm Michael Bradley. Chuck is off here tonight. Well, Disneyland hasn't been able to reopen since the pandemic started, and today we're seeing the effects of all of that. NBC4 is Vicki Vargas live right now outside the park with details on those layoffs and the impact this may have on nearby businesses. Vicki. Colleen, to begin with, Disney officials say this was a difficult decision that they could no longer cut expenses, and so they have decided to cut employees. We're talking about people who work not only here at Disneyland and California Adventure, but also for the company's cruise lines, travel agencies all over the country, people more often known as cast members. The chairman of Disney Parks announcing the company has suspended projects and furloughed employees so they could at least continue to receive benefits. Now he says they must be laid off. As heartbreaking as it is to take this action, wrote Josh Diamaro, this is the only feasible option we have in light of the prolonged impact of COVID-19 on our business, including limited capacity due to physical distancing requirements and the continued uncertainty regarding the duration of the pandemic. This is just unbelievably um, troubling. As CEO of the Orange County Business Council, Lucy Dunn says the fallout from the layoffs could lead to the loss of 100,000 jobs outside the park. In addition, the city of Anaheim says it has already lost $100 million in hotel and sales tax revenue. One study by Cal State Fullerton says Disneyland puts more than $8 billion into the Southern California economy. The mayors of Anaheim and the surrounding areas pleaded with the governor to come up with guidelines so the park could prepare to reopen. And every single government from international leaders to the governor of Florida has collaborated with Disney on safe reopening guidelines. Not Gavin Newsom, not his government in Sacramento. That is outrageous. Disney says the state has been unwilling to lift restrictions. Those affected are both salaried and non-union employees. That could be anyone from a restaurant worker to a performer to someone who works inside the park on the rides. Lucy Dunn telling us she actually got a preview of what Disney could look like behind the scenes, but both she and the company say it does not appear that will happen anytime soon. In Anaheim, I'm Vicki Vargas, NBC4 News. It is definitely hot and dry out there today. Perfect conditions for potential fires to break out here in Southern California. NBC4's Gordon Tokamatsu is live right now in Canyon Country where fire crews are on alert. The Santa Ana winds of yesterday may have subsided, but LA County firefighters remain on high alert this afternoon. High temperatures, dry conditions, all keeping pre-deployed strike teams in firehouses where the danger is greatest. We're told as many as 60 personnel on these teams are freed up from responding to routine calls such as medical assistance and are assigned to chase wildfires exclusively. Yesterday there was a um, Acton and then there was over here in Bouquet. This one putting a huge line of bus checked out. We were there for those fires Monday afternoon. Santa Ana's pushing a 10-acre brusher toward a home on a hill in Acton. Then just hours later, a much bigger fire threatening homes just a few miles south. So it was like, oh crap, how close is it going to get? 
This is where Peter Corey's convenience store, Bill's Place, stood next to Sierra Highway since the 1950s. He remembers October of last year vividly. It was very bad, it was very scary. On October 24th, the Tick Fire broke out in the hills west of here. Over the course of seven days, it scorched more than 4,000 acres, destroying 22 buildings. Peter evacuated along with 40,000 residents. When he left, he had no idea if his store would even be here when he returned. <laughs> Today, temperatures in nearby Valencia had soared into triple digits by noon, making many residents and business owners prepare for the worst while hoping for the best. So what are the chances this will happen again on a day like this? Well, if you ask the people who live and work here, they'll tell you it's inevitable because there's so much left to burn. There's definitely going to be another fire. You think so? Yeah. And the concern is real almost year-round. In Canyon Country, Gordon Tokumatsu, NBC4 News. Several wildfires are raging out of control up in Northern California. That includes the Glass Fire in Wine Country, which started burning early Sunday morning. Now, so far... It has scorched more than 42,000 acres with no containment. At least 80 homes have been destroyed and more than 68,000 people have been evacuated in Sonoma County. lived in Sonoma County my entire life. I'm 31 and up until three years ago, this has never happened. And then the last three years, it's been pretty much like clockwork. Now the entire city of Calasoga population, just over 5,300, is under mandatory evacuation orders. Meantime, a heat advisory in effect for the valley throughout tonight. Hot temps expected throughout the week there. The goal is not just staying cool, but having to do so during the pandemic. Cooling centers are open throughout L.A. County, and there are COVID-19 restrictions in place with social distancing, and you have to wear a face covering as well. Now, we talked to a GM at a nursery in North Hollywood who says the priority for him is to get water to thousands of plants and his staff as well. My concern is my guys that we're out there planting. We want to make sure they're healthy. Uh, so hydration, hydration, hydration is super important. To make matters worse, there is a power outage in the Mid-City area right now, all because of a Mylar balloon. One balloon hit the power lines there. Meteorologist Anthony Yanis is tracking the heat and the fire danger in your first alert forecast. Anthony. Hey, Colleen, these are the current temperatures. Right now, you can see from L.A., Long Beach, Anaheim to Santa Ana, we're in the 90s. You go to Van Nuys, Santa Clarita, all of the Inland Empire, temperatures range right now at 5 o'clock from 101 to 104 degrees. So we really have got the heat going right now. But the winds just shifted. We had light offshore winds really all day long. Notice they're a little more onshore now, and that's increasing the humidity, which was in the single digits uh, right now, uh, uh, Ontario and Riverside are both at 6%, uh, and same with Van Nuys just an hour ago, and now you can see they've got up a little bit, but still very dry out there. So here's what I'm tracking. First of all, we've got the heat advisory. It's for pretty much all of Southern California. It, it does not include the Orange County Mountains. The coast tomorrow, we had fog this morning, no fog tomorrow. The temperatures will range from 90 to 95 degrees in the valleys, the Inland Empire, uh, anywhere from 100 to 106 degrees. And these kind of temperatures are going to stay with us now until Friday. So the heat advisory has been extended now an extra day all the way into Friday. So here's what we can expect this week. First of all, there's an elevated fire threat, no longer a red flag warning. It's incredibly hot and dry, but the good news is the winds were light all day long. They'll be light tomorrow, and they've actually right now just switched, as I was showing you, and come a little bit onshore. All right, Anthony, thank you. Now to Decision 2020. We're just 34 days until the presidential election, but less than an hour from now. 
We're talking about the first presidential debate. Back we're going to take you live right now. This is Cleveland with a debate hall, as you can see, is ready to go, although it's pretty empty at this point. Now, because of the pandemic, the crowd will be smaller in the audience. There will be no handshakes allowed. NBC4's Conan Nolan joins us live with what we can expect to see. Conan, I'm guessing taxes are going to be a big issue, maybe even the first issue it, up. It could be. I'd bet on it. Uh, taxes, COVID-19 response, obviously, the economy. Um, but I have to tell you, this is going to be fascinating watching this tonight. It, since it's uh, college football season, allow me a, a football analogy. For uh, Joe Biden, who is leading nationally in the polls and leading in Florida and battleground states of Michigan and Pennsylvania, it's a ball control offense. You need to be disciplined, not turn the ball over, run out the clock. If you're President Donald Trump, who's behind nationally, in some cases by 10 points, he's going deep. He wants to change the dynamic of this race. He needs something to happen here. So you're gonna have two very different strategies going into this debate. Uh, Two 70-year-olds going at it. The youngest person on the stage will be Chris Wallace. He's 72. And, and there's one campaign wants to keep this race from, from staying exactly where it is. And that's Biden. The other, the incumbent president, he wants to change things radically. That's what we're going to be seeing tonight. Hey, uh, regardless of how deep they go, Conan, how much will this debate sway voters' minds? Well, you know, there's school of thought in politics and some research to, to indicate that most people don't change their minds as a result of a debate. It confirms their decision going into it. Um, remember, though, think about this. At the beginning of this year, uh, we had COVID-19, a global pandemic, has killed 200,000 Americans. A 1929-like depression. We had... Uh, we had this national debate over racial discrimination and, in some cases, civil unrest. Here in California, global warming, the state's on fire. In the Midwest, fl floods, uh, perhaps because of global warming. Despite all of that, the one thing that hasn't changed, the polls. The polls today are almost exactly where they were in January. So it's going to be very difficult to move it. That's why Donald Trump needs to do something tonight. Football analogy makes it all very <laughs> clear, Conan. You got it now. Oh, totally got it. I couldn't so. help myself. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Well played, Conan. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. NBC's a special coverage of the debate starts at six o'clock here tonight. Lester Holt, Savannah Guthrie, Chuck Todd, and Andrew Mitchell will get you ready to provide post-debate analysis right here on NBC4. Now to the coronavirus outbreak. Several Southern California counties were hoping to move up in the state's coronavirus tier system, but no such luck today. L.A., San Bernardino, and Ventura all remain at the most restrictive purple category you can see there, while Orange and Riverside counties are one tier better. They're in the red category. But there is some good news for breweries and card rooms in L.A. County. NBC4's Patrick Healy with details. Brew pubs and wineries benefiting from selective steps toward COVID reopening in L.A. County, so long as they also have at least a food truck for meals. And county supervisors also approved a path to reopening some classrooms, but the waivers to be available only for second grade and below and limited to no more than 30 additional schools a week. It's critical that we begin the process. Last week, a parent sued asserted L.A. Unified's distance learning program needs improvement. Today, LA Unified issued a statement that it will continue to work on plans for students to return to schools as soon as it's safe and appropriate to do so, but specifically did not commit to applying for a waiver. 
As expected, L.A. County today did not move up to the next COVID tier and continues to hold off on the state-allowed reopening of indoor malls and return of nail salons from outside. Caution from Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer. We have to be uh, super careful as, as we move forward. Uh, particularly uh, as school buildings are opening. Meantime, new guidelines from the state for counties to take the yellow tape off playgrounds and permit them to reopen. So I know my kids are itching to get out there and see see if in our county we'll be allowed to use our playgrounds, um, that we remind all of the users how to do this in a lower risk way. L.A. County yet to decide if it will allow the playground reopening. Meantime, California's Surgeon General addressed the stress of the times and offered suggestions. Things like healthy nutrition, regular exercise, good sleep hygiene. So we were curious why L.A. County decided to go ahead and let the uh, brew pubs and wineries reopen. It was a 3-2 vote. We just spoke with Supervisor Janice Hahn. She emphasized that the brew pubs and wineries must operate outdoors and that they had been having a hard time getting by just on the takeout revenue. Now, Hahn also told us that the card parlors have also given, been given permission to open outside. And nail salons, they are being given consideration to moving indoors, but not yet. Reporting live, Patrick Healy, NBC4 News. All right, Patrick, thank you for that. Coming up next right here, our I-Team uncovers a big increase in the number of attacks against police officers after a man allegedly tries to shoot an officer inside a police station. Plus, a new video of the suspect accused of trying to kidnap a baby from the Malibu home of Joe Montana as that woman now makes her first court appearance. The next time you pick up a pen, thank Laszlo Joseph Birro. This Hungarian-Argentine inventor created the first modern ballpoint pen. NBC4 celebrates this life-changing history maker. Brought to you by El Pollo Loco, proudly supporting Latina-owned small businesses. Proposition 22, what will it actually do? Yes on 22 protects the ability of app-based drivers to keep their We're going to listen to some of the highlights on the NFL app from the App Store, from Play Store, while we're waiting for more from NBC on the debate, the presidential debate that's going on on the East Coast, or we'll kick off on the East Coast soon. It should be about 8.14 p.m. on the East Coast. It's 5.14 p.m. on the West Coast. And maybe another hour or two before the West Coast can hear the presidential candidates debate. We may switch over from the football highlights over to the news. 
back and forth. You'll hold on to your seat belts. The criminal complaint filed today accuses this man of trying to kill one officer, knocked to the ground during a fight, then a second officer who exchanged gunshots with the man. Now, our camera was there as this individual charged with the attack made a brief appearance in court in Long Beach this afternoon. He's being held on $2.2 million bail and was ordered back next month to enter pleas to the charges. The LAPD says it will soon show body-worn video of what happened, and the chief says it was the second time officers were shot at in less than a day. Chief Michael Moore has told the police commission the officer in the fight in the Harbor Station attack is lucky to be alive. The chief says the attacker, seen in this grainy security video obtained by the I-team, entered the building, wrestled the officer's handgun away, pointed it at the officer and pulled the trigger. It didn't fire, likely because of the pistol's safety switch. This weapon was pointed at him and why or how this officer why this officer was not shot by this assailant uh, is, is unclear, but I'm grateful for that. He says the attacker then switched off the safety and fired at a second officer, then drove away. The man was stopped and wrestled to the ground a short distance away and arrested. Moore says it was the second brush with death for officers in less than a day. Suddenly and apparently without any provocation, uh, his, his vehicle was fired upon, the vehicle was struck. He's talking about an off-duty officer leaving the West Valley station who was shot at early Saturday morning. Moore says there have been numerous, less serious assaults in recent months, and statistics show it's a huge increase since this time last year. The number of assault with deadly weapon charges against or instances by, uh, by individuals against officers. We've seen 156 156 percent increase this year to date. That's 282 felonious assaults versus 110 for the same period last year. Now, the first officer knocked down at the Harbor Station is okay. He was hit in the head with his own gun during that fight. Chief Moore says he's also investigating how the security video from the Harbor Station incident was leaked so quickly. The chief says it was inappropriate for one of his employees to share it. And the chief says he's trying to find out who did it. Reporting live, I'm investigative reporter Eric Leonard, NBC4 News. Back to you. All right, Eric, we thank you for that. We're going to take you outside right now. There's a live look from Malibu. Beautiful picture. You can see the surf out there. Anthony, though, is here now to talk about the fire conditions for us. And all the heat. In fact, we had the fog in Malibu this morning. Temperatures are in the 70s and 80s. We're going to be in the 90s tomorrow with these clear skies. Here's how hot it got today. Let's start with what we saw in Van Nuys. 106 degrees a little before 2 o'clock. The rest of the heat was all in the Inland Empire. Look at this Riverside, 105, 104 in Corona, San Bernardino, all the way out uh, to uh, Ontario also. So really hot temperatures what we had today. So let me show you a different view here. This is what it looks like in LA. Perfectly clear skies. When you get that gentle offshore breeze, really does clean out the air. 92 degrees right now with a gentle breeze. It's going to be a warm night. 70s overnight and then tomorrow afternoon, late morning, we're going to be in the 90s and I've got a high temperature of 102 degrees. Thursday, not much lower. Friday, finally in the mid-90s, but the heat advisories run 
run all the way through Friday. And so the record for tomorrow is 105 degrees from 1906. So there's a lot of near record highs we're going to see. But most places are going to be just shy by a couple of degrees. Corona, which reached 104 today, will be at 104 tomorrow. Triple digits through Friday. Finally, this weekend, we're back in the 90s. And you can see tomorrow is really the peak of the heat with today as we head toward the lower 90s on Monday. So here's what it looks like for our high temperatures tomorrow. Upper 90s to lower triple digits in the deserts. 80s in the mountains. Look at the temperatures here in the Inland Empire. A range of 103 to 105 degrees. Very similar to what we saw today. And you get a lot of the records for tomorrow are near 100. 110, but still a really tough stuff with the temperatures. Also, you have triple digits inland Orange County from 100 to 102 degrees from Irvine out to Anaheim. Uh, mid to upper 80s from Huntington Beach, San Clemente, and Laguna Niguel, 101. Your temperatures from the San Fernando Valley up to Valencia, Simi Valley, Thousand Oaks, Santa Paula, all triple digits. Camarillo, 96. There's that 92 degree temperature for Malibu tomorrow and also lower 90s from Santa Monica, Manhattan Beach, Torrance, Long Beach, all the way to Glendale. Sherman Oaks, Pomona Diamond Bar, and West Covina are all expected to be above 100 degrees tomorrow. Not much changes on Thursday. Finally on Friday, you see in the LA Basin, in Orange County and Coast, you head out of the 90s and out of the triple digits into the 80s and 90s. And temperatures continue to go down as we head toward the beginning of next week. So the peak of the heat's really tomorrow, as you can see in the valleys and the Inland Empire. But Thursday, still really tough all the way through Friday. Uh, finally, by this weekend, you have temperatures that are headed into the 90s. And so a little more typical heat for this time of year. High desert and low desert forecast, a lot of sunshine. It's a dry seven-day forecast. And then your mountains forecast, temperatures are going to be in the lower 80s for the next couple of days. But the lower 70s by Tuesday of next week. Back to you. Coming up tonight at 11, with millions of people expected to cast their votes by mail, delays could have a major impact on the election. Our IT put the post office to the test again. The results coming up at 11. This election, all Californians will be able to vote safely from home. Every active registered voter will receive a ballot. You can track it using Where's My Ballot. Okay, we're going to see if we can listen to something from the NBA playoffs from the NBA app in the Play Store. Let's click on who should be the next, oh well, 
it's it jumped away let's click on finals preview three things to watch plus stats to know before game one let's Oh, it's not a, we'll have to go back. We'll find something that's going to play. This is who should be the next Clippers coach. Advertisement is finished. And we'll be jumping back over to the NBA, NBC News. Coming out of the left, left coast involving Doc Rivers and the Clippers. As OC once said back in the day, time's up. The Los Angeles Clippers, after seven seasons, have moved on from Doc Rivers. The coach who constructed a winning culture for the Clippers guided the franchise through the Donald Sterling debacle. Leadership's present. Talking to someone who appears to be Montana, today 39-year-old Saad Sai Dalzell, appeared in court and pleaded not guilty to attempted kidnapping and burglary. She is accused of breaking into a home in Malibu and trying to kidnap Montana's nine-month-old granddaughter from a playpen. She is due back in court October 20th. The NFL is dealing with its first COVID-19 outbreak. The Titans and Vikings have closed their facilities after several members of the Titans tested positive. The teams played each other Sunday in Minneapolis, and today the NFL announced the Titans' COVID test resulted in eight positive cases, three players and five personnel. In-person club activities are suspended. Their scheduled games this Sunday may be put on ice. When we welcome our West Coast viewers on this presidential debate night, how Donald Trump and Joe Biden have been preparing for their showdown and the strategies they may employ tonight. Also, the world marks a million dead from COVID. We'll point to possible hope on the horizon when we see you back here tonight. All right, let's switch back over to the NBA. Giving away a lot of picks doing a lot of things with Oklahoma City to get uh, Paul George and then trying to put this team together. And Zan being up 3-1 and lose to the Denver Nuggets, that was not going to make it. I don't, I don't think that was going to go. I think they're going to do a little bit more moves. I think a lot of these players are not going to be there. I think the main two is going to be there in Kawhi and Paul George, but I think everybody else is probably going to be on the move. So what's next for the Clippers as far as the head coaching coaching situation? We know Ty Lue's already there in the building. What do you think as far as who should be considered for this position? Who's on the short list for Jerry West and Steve Ballmer? Well, I think what Ballmer is, you guys got to understand, this guy is, 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 is a, a, a very, very energetic owner. He's almost like, uh, he's like he, he wants to win. That's why he bought his team. So he's got to make a splash. He wants to overtake the Lakers. And what he's going to do is I think he's going to hire somebody, and I think the best tool for him to hire to make a splash would be Ty Lue or Jason Kidd. I think both of them, too, would be a, a, a great splash for people, and people will be excited about these two guys because 
they are uh, with Ty Lue, he's won a championship with LeBron. And then all of a sudden, Jay Kidd, Hall of Famer, big-time player, and was very successful when he was coaching. I think that's what Palmer wants. I think that's what Jerry West wants. I think they would go that route and if they want to make a splash. That would be interesting to see Jason Kidd currently a part of the Lakers coaching staff. Obviously, that would be an easy move for him to go from one franchise to the other in Los Angeles. And, of course, I know you two are pretty close from back in the day. <laughs> Well, we caught some of it. We didn't get all of it. We had to switch over to the to the uh, television news channel four KNB KNBC LA four. There's more up here. We'll go to the complete schedule for twenty twenty NBA. Finals. That doesn't look like a video. Let's see, but we'll look at it anyways. It's complete schedule for the finals. Hmm. The finals: Los Angeles Lakers versus Miami Heat, September twenty ninth. That must wait. This is a YouTube video. Okay. The TV news is back. We'll go back over and catch whatever's going on there. The launch follows rollouts in other cities like San Francisco, New York, and Chicago. Now, so many of us rely on it for our morning kick. All right, so calling happy National Coffee Day. To it's you. always coffee. All right, <laughs> Crown Works Coffee in downtown LA's Arts District, serving up beehive matcha lattes. That sounds fancy, and nitro cold brews. For all the deals being offered on this National Coffee Day, go to our website nbcla.com and search coffee. Coming up next here at 5:30, it's a special edition of the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. That's followed by NBC and the presidential debate at six. And, of course, we'll see you right back here for the NBC4 News at 11. And coming up next on the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, an inside look at the first airport in the U.S. offering COVID tests, what price passengers pay, and where testing could take off next. And the stunning reversal in the Breonna Taylor case, why one grand jury member wants the secret recordings to be heard. Nightly News with Lester Holt starts right now. Tonight, the clash in Cleveland, Donald Trump and Joe Biden facing off in the first 2020 presidential debate. In just a short time, the two candidates will share the stage in prime time. The high stakes, both men set to battle it out over the pandemic, the economy, racial injustice, and the Supreme Court, and now the president's taxes. The new report that his apprentice millions saved him from financial ruin. Will the attacks get personal and who will walk away the winner in this critical first showdown? The state of emergency, wildfires in California turning deadly. The new images, neighborhoods destroyed, the race to save wine country. Stunning reversal, the sealed grand jury recordings in the Breonna Taylor case set to be released Why a grand jury member is so eager to speak out. The grim milestone, the world topping one million coronavirus deaths, plus the NFL's first outbreak of the season, and the hopeful news on both a leading vaccine candidate and a promising antibody treatment. Also inside the first U.S. airport offering travelers COVID testing, 
Can it make flying safer? And the barrier-breaking ballerina inspiring America with a new message to kids. This is NBC Nightly News, the presidential debate. Here is Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. For 90 minutes tonight, the world's attention will focus on a stage in Cleveland, Ohio, where Donald Trump and Joe Biden will, for the first time, take their bitter war words face to face. It's debate night. The president, according to most polls, going into tonight as the underdog beneath the shadow of mounting COVID deaths and a damaged economy. Biden stepping into a kind of public glare he has largely managed to avoid during this campaign. Tonight, running as much against his own performance as he is Donald Trump's. We've got it all covered, and Hallie Jackson leads us off now from Cleveland. A possible game changer tonight with two very different candidates and very different ways of getting ready for their first head-to-head. -head. Instead of lengthy mock debates, President Trump's holding Q&A sessions with former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani. His campaign, spreading a conspiracy theory the former vice president might use an earpiece and hinting the president may get personal by attacking Biden's son, Hunter Biden. And after months of lowering the bar for Joe Biden by questioning his mental fitness... Biden doesn't have a clue. You know he doesn't have a clue. The Trump campaign's now reversing course, describing him as a skilled debater. For his part, Vice President Biden has huddled with a small team of advisors at home in Delaware for more intense preparations this week that include issue-by-issue -issue practice sessions. His team, taking the Twitter handle, at truth, to push back on any misinformation from President Trump. Will Joe Biden be fact-checking President Trump in real time tonight? In a few cases where there are real whoppers, Joe will probably push back on that. But Joe's job here tonight is to help the American people understand how their lives will be better with a President Joe Biden rather than a President Donald Trump. Inside the debate hall, a smaller-than-usual audience because of the pandemic that will include Alice Marie Johnson, She's the grandmother whose life sentence for a drug conviction was commuted by President Trump. One of Joe Biden's guests, Kristen Urquiza, who memorably appeared in the virtual Democratic convention this summer after her father died from the coronavirus. His only pre-existing condition was trusting Donald Trump, and for that, he paid with his life. Biden keeping his focus on the pandemic that has killed more than 200,000 Americans. The backdrop to tonight's debate, so are the president's tax returns. The New York Times now says those records show how money from The Apprentice helped salvage the president's finances, earning him nearly $200 million from the show and $230 million more from endorsements. Everything from laundry detergent to Domino's to double-stuffed Oreos. double-stuffed gold. That's after The Times says the returns show the president paid no federal income tax for years and just $750 in 2016 and 2017, though he did pay millions in other kinds of federal taxes and has called the story fake news. Is it accurate that the president paid $750 in income tax the year he was elected, and is he prepared to acknowledge that tonight? Well, as you know, the president remains under audit. This was litigated before the American people in 2016, and they made their judgment, and they elected President Trump president. Here at the debate hall, only about 80 to 100 people will be allowed in with signs on some of the seats to enforce social distancing. Everybody has to be tested for COVID, and everybody has to wear a mask except for the moderator and the two candidates on stage behind me. Lester? Yeah, and Hallie, a lot of attention, of course, on how this will go down to the battleground states. Let's look at Ohio right now. Of course, it's crucial. In 2016, President Trump won that state where they have sided with the winner in every presidential election since 64. 
We sent Kate Snow to see how voters there are feeling tonight. This is Dominic Marchese's organic beef farm in Farmdale, Ohio. These are half Piedmontese from Northern Italy. He's a registered Democrat who voted once for Obama in a county that flipped to Trump in 2016. How did you go from voting for Obama to voting for Trump? Well, very easy. And one, one is apologizing for America, and the other one is, is fighting for America. Dominic took us to meet some friends one county over. I think they knew we were coming. They tell us enthusiasm for the president here is even greater than four years ago. One reason, farmers are happy with the president's trade war with China and subsidies they receive. And he understood that these farmers are important, and he took care of the farmers, and that's where we're at. Yeah. All these other politicians Absolutely. just talk about it. They don't do anything. Yeah. Trump's a doer. They think President Trump is unfairly blamed for the pandemic. These Chinese, this might be one of their tactics to take our country. You think they would take America? Do you think that the Chinese purposefully sent the coronavirus? Yes. Well, what? If you don't believe they did on purpose, the sun ain't China. How many people think that the coronavirus was purposefully sent by China? But we found a different story in the suburbs. We're in Avon in Lorraine County now, west of Cleveland. Trump's response to the pandemic has been catastrophic. Our global image is suffering. Uh, consumer profits are crumbling. I mean, the economy is not good. You support the president. I do. You don't necessarily have to agree with his personality or his style if you're interested in his results. Catherine Schroth is undecided. I don't want to vote for Trump because his rhetoric is divisive. However, <laughs> I do not agree with a lot of um, Democrat liberal policies. And I also honestly have some concerns about Biden's um, cognitive ability right now. What are you going to be listening for in the debate? Intelligence clarity of plan, someone who loves America and wants to see it unified again. She'll be watching closely for that tonight. Kate Snow, NBC News, Avon, Ohio. I want to bring in our political director and moderator of Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. Chuck, what are you going to be looking for in tonight's debate? Well, look, I think in some ways uh, Joe Biden probably has more at stake. He's the one in the lead. So for me, I'm looking how nimble is he? Is he able to sort of parry back of the president, but without getting, without chasing him down uh, bizarre conspiratorial rabbit holes. As for the president, I think what he needs to do, and I don't know if he will, but what he needs to do is articulate a reason why people should give him a second term. He's yet to be able to articulate that. He's instead made his campaign about grievances, complaining about how the vote works, this, this or that. How much is he bogged down on that tonight? And does he at all focus on what he wants to do with a second term? I think if he does focus what he wants to do in a second term, he might do well tonight. But if he's buried in grievances, it's going to be a tough night for him. All right, Chuck. And Chuck will join Savannah Guthrie, Andrea Mitchell, and me for coverage of tonight's debate starting at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time. In Northern California, those destructive wildfires burning through wine country have become deadly destroying dozens of homes and prompting evacuation warnings for nearly 80,000 people. Miguel Helmiger is in Napa on the front lines for us. Destructive and now deadly. The wildfires raging across Northern California claiming at least three lives in what is now a state of emergency. Today, three fires merging into one, exploding across California's famed wine country, hundreds of structures already lost. 
More than 12,000 across the region are under threat at this very hour. I know we're not really out of the woods yet, and the woods could burn. With a line of unstoppable fire seen in this time-lapse video sweeping closer to Calistoga, the entire city is now evacuated. So are parts of Santa Rosa, decimated by what some call hell on earth. Across the region, nearly 80,000 people are under threat from fire. Those who escaped the tunnel of flames now evacuated a third time in three years. I guess it's the new normal, and we pay a big price to be here in California, don't we? Even with nearly 19,000 firefighters on the front lines, crews are battling five of the six largest wildfires in California history, many of them unstoppable. In the midst of a record fire season, crews are stretched thin all across the West. That means they're losing more homes and land every day. In the heart of Napa Valley, at least eight wineries have been damaged or destroyed. Dario Satui lost most of his harvest and all of his dreams. It's sad. And, uh, you know, I'll live with it, but it's sad. Um, it's, a, it's a real shame. Today, even with a break in the winds, firefighters are losing more ground. What feels like an endless fight in a battle impossible to win. The firefight isn't just about saving homes, but also properties. The vineyards here are worth tens of millions of dollars, and they're all on the line. Lester? All right, Miguel Almaguer in California, thank you. In Kentucky, a stunning reversal for the state's attorney general who now says he will release recordings from private grand jury proceedings in the Breonna Taylor case. This comes as one of the jurors wants to speak out. Here's Gabe Gutierrez. Tonight, in a highly unusual court filing, an unnamed grand juror in the Breonna Taylor case is asking a judge to be allowed to speak publicly so that the truth may prevail. My client wants to make sure the truth gets out. My client wants to make sure that anything that happened in there becomes something of public knowledge to the extent it's legally allowed to. Typically, grand jury proceedings are kept secret by law. At this point, I don't think it's appropriate for us to release any information. Last week, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron cited an ongoing FBI civil rights investigation for why that information should not become public. But now he says he'll comply with the judge's order to release it by tomorrow. His office says we have no concerns with grand jurors sharing their thoughts on our presentation because we are confident in the case we presented. That case resulted in wanton endangerment charges for former Louisville officer Brent Hankison for firing bullets that ended up in a neighboring apartment. Hankison has pleaded not guilty. None of the officers involved was charged with causing Taylor's death during a botched drug raid in March. Cameron says the actions of two other officers were justified because Taylor's boyfriend shot at them first. Last week, as the decision sparked protests across the country, Cameron declined to specify whether his office recommended more serious charges to the grand jury. Now he says the only charge recommended was wanton endangerment. Taylor's family is calling for a new special prosecutor. I do not believe that the Attorney General's office presented the most serious charges to the grand jury. I think that his office made the determination themselves. The grand jury's request is extremely rare. Legal experts say one of the only other examples was following the 2014 police shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson. Again, we expect those grand jury recordings here to be released tomorrow. Lester? All right. Gabe Gutierrez, thanks.
In just 60 seconds, the massive layoffs just announced by Disney, its theme parks crippled by the pandemic, and the world reaches another sobering milestone. Oh, look at you. Don't you worry about paying for all that data? Oh, no. I'm on Consumer Cellular. Oh, I've got a great plan with Consumer Cellular, too. I'm already <coughs> talking to my family, and I sent three pictures of Cece every day. One Okay, real quick until Lester Holt comes back on the NBA app from the Play Store. They have the finals listed in L.A. Lakers and Miami Heat. Game 1 is Wednesday, September 30th. Miami Heat at L.A., 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Game 2, Friday, October 2, Miami Heat at L.A., 9 Eastern Time. Oh, Lester is back. We'll pick up later. Experiences and Products Division. Disney cited the pandemic for its struggles and criticized California for restrictions that have kept Disneyland closed. Now to another grim milestone, the world surpassing one million deaths from the coronavirus. Richard Engel now on the scars the pandemic has left across the globe and a warning some of the images are upsetting. This is what COVID has done to us. Pocketing our lands and fields with mass graves from Sao Paulo, Brazil, to deep in the Amazon, to even, just a few months ago, the Empire City, New York. The confirmed COVID-19 death toll has now surpassed one million, according to the Johns Hopkins count. And that, health officials caution, is likely an undercount, since many countries keep poor records and test little. COVID has been 2020's world war, but unlike on the battlefield, many of its victims died alone, surrounded by plastic. It's a mind-numbing figure. Yet we must never lose sight of each and every individual life. They were fathers and mothers, wives and husbands, brothers and sisters, friends and colleagues. Families like Jeff Nearby in New York, who lost his Sharon, the love of his life, mother of their twin girls. Her final words by telephone. She just told the girls she loved them. That was pretty much all she could do. Um, and uh, that was it. That was the last we heard. And how did the how did the girls react to then Rebecca? They're devastated. Um, she was. They were her life. She was their life. The U.S. leads the global death toll with more than two hundred thousand. Brazil, India, Mexico, and the U.K. follow. In Asia, where the virus began in China. Cases are way down, and governments remain on high alert, aggressively enforcing snap lockdowns and highly intrusive track and trace systems. In Europe, where lockdowns have been far softer, the number of cases is rising as children and university students go back to school. But vaccines are coming, and so are treatments. Just tonight, a company you visited, Lester, Regeneron, announced encouraging early results for a cocktail of antibodies that reduces the severity of COVID, potentially meaning fewer hospitalizations. Lester.
Yeah, Richard, thank you. And on that note, there's also promising news about a leading, leading COVID vaccine candidate. A small study found that older people who got Moderna's vaccine produced immune responses similar to those in younger adults, important because older people are especially at risk. It's one of five candidates currently in final trials. Coming up inside the first airport rolling out its own COVID testing. Searching for a way to help stop your cold sore? Only a breathing. Okay, let's see if we can try one more time here with the NBA lineup. The LA Lakers versus Miami Heat. Game one Wednesday at third September 30th. Wednesday in LA, nine Eastern time. I'm assuming that's nine PM. Eastern Time. Um, game two Friday, October second, nine p.m. Eastern Time. Game three Sunday, October fourth, seven thirty Eastern Time. Game four October sixth, Tuesday, same time, nine Eastern. If necessary, game five, Friday, October 9, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Six, game six, if necessary, Sunday, October 11th, 7.30 Eastern Time. Lakers in Miami for game five. Game six, I'm sorry, game three, game four, game five, game six. And game six is Sunday, October 11th, 7.30 Eastern Time in Miami. Game seven, if necessary. Tuesday, October 13, in L.A. at 9 Eastern Time. All games for the 2020 NBA Finals will be on ABC. with YouTube TV if you want to watch it on YouTube. Okay, uh, Lester is back. NBC Nightly News. Both the Titans and the Minnesota Vikings who faced each other on Sunday suspended in-person activities for the time being. Their games next weekend uncertain. In the search for solutions tonight, making flying during the pandemic safer, Kerry Sanders goes inside the first U.S. airport offering COVID testing to travelers. Pilots have pre-flight checks. Now, passengers too. Jeff Gonzalez among the first to take the optional COVID tests before flying Tampa to Denver. The airport here, the first in the nation, now offering these tests. Having the test done and showing negativity is really what's what's important. 
anxiety that coronavirus spreads easily in a plane, the top reason passenger loads are down 68% of where they were a year ago. Thursday, as many as 35,000 airline employees face layoffs and furloughs. We've got to try to get out of this hole. Anything we can do to get out of this hole safely is what we want to do. Should this be mandatory? It could be. Costs for the 15-minute COVID test with 88% accuracy, $57. A more involved PCR test with 95% accuracy, $125. But those results are delayed for 48 hours. The tests are a passenger expense. They should do it free. Those testing positive are advised do not fly. By October 15th, United Airlines plans to offer COVID tests to passengers flying to Hawaii so they don't have to quarantine for two weeks when they arrive. Mm -hmm. If the tests at Tampa International build passenger peace of mind, this routine could take off at other airports by the end of the year. Kerry Sanders, NBC News, Tampa. And up next, dance star Misty Copeland and her message to kids. How can I help you? I'll take a number 99, Aaron Boy. Good call, sir. What's Aaron Boy? Let's see what's on the sports app again. This, uh, this looks good. Never used it before, but sure looks good. We'll go back if we can get over to, real quick, over to the, to the beginning. Maybe not that one. That might take a while. Let's see if we can switch over to the NFL app and find something real quick. Hmm. Hmm. Here's some headlines. Texans call off workout with former All Pro. Ten minutes halt in person activities. Steelers Titans set to be played. Broncos to start ripen. Ex Seahawks wide receiver Kersey retires. Answering six QB debates. Hot or not, Josh Allen, pure fun. Jesse Collins named EP of. SBLV halftime show Tuesday's NFL roster and injury news for week four. Those are some of the highlight titles. And then they have some categories top throws of September 2020 debrief, forward thinking moves, paying off. Now, nine biggest heroes from week three, MVP fave leads pack. Oh, here's a three-minute video. I don't know what. Oh, it says, mic'd up best of Chiefs. Monday for the stars, man. Ravens. You know, we built right here. 
and the Ravens. Lester's back. Misty Copeland has danced her way into the hearts of Americans. A ballerina, a role model, and a trailblazer. But like so many performers, the principal dancer at the American Ballet Theater has not been on stage since February. Can you describe how COVID has impacted the dance world? Oh, um, there isn't really uh, much of a dance world at the moment. So it's been really, really difficult. Um, but I do think that there's a silver lining. I think there's a broader reach for a more diverse audience by having a virtual presence. Copeland is also extending her reach through a new children's book. There are so many negative tropes connected to ballet dancers and the competitiveness. And I really wanted to show the beauty of what so many children experience. A message that's on point, not just for ballet dancers, but for all of us. It's so powerful and important to celebrate each other's differences and support one another and learn from everyone around you. And since Copeland can no longer meet kids face-to-face, -face, we asked some of her fans to bring their questions to us. I miss Misty. Why do you love to dance so much? Not just love, oh. love to dance so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So much character in her voice. Um, well, you know, dance has always been something that has... Um, it's been an escape for me, a beautiful, beautiful escape. It's, I was such a shy little girl, and um, there was just something about being able to tell a story through my body and with movement rather than my voice that I just connected with. All right, catch more of that on Nightly News Kids Edition, streaming right now. That's Nightly News. I'm Lester Holt. Stay tuned for our special coverage of the first presidential debate beginning right now. Country, more protests demanding change. The most trusted TV news anchor in America. That's nightly news. I'm Lester. The biggest I team in town has one mission justice for you. The problem is right in front of our eyes. Okay, well. We're going to start with a um, 
We're going to cut this segment and start with a brand new segment so we don't run out of time during the debate. Thank you for listening.